I was in New York one day, and uh, my wife and I uh, communicate a lot during the day. This was a, a couple of years ago, but I remember it uh, very well. And there was a um, kind of billboard at a uh, bus stop. And, and I took a picture of the billboard because it was a picture of they were either on a subway or at, on a bus, and one person had their feet on empty chairs, although other people were standing. Another person was on their cell phone in someone's ear. Uh, another person was blowing their nose in someone's face. And, and the caption there was, it's not them, it's me. And so often, uh, my wife and I would discuss, is it us? You know those things that people do, and as you watch it, and whatever's going on in your head and in your mind, you think, maybe I'm just the uptight person. Maybe I'm just the person that these things uh, annoy me. Uh, it shouldn't really get to me. It's, it's, not, it's not them. It's, it's us. It's me. Um, but the reality uh, is it's, it's, it's me. Uh, it's you, but it's also them. <laughs> yeah, it's them too. <laughs> it's all of us, because we find ourselves in, in, the, in the same condition. We're going to be starting a new series, and the series is called Inside Out. And today's sermon is titled, Me and People. Because one of the things you know is like people like peopling. Can you turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3? We're going to be starting at verse 11 in 1 John chapter 3. I'll be reading out of the CSB. And if you don't mind, please stand for the reading of God's word. 1 John chapter 3, starting at verse 11 reads this way. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Unlike Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers and sisters. The one who does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in them. This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need, but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. 
Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us to love. We thank you, Lord, that you have set the example for what love looks like. We thank you, Lord, uh, because the believer that is filled with the Holy Spirit has the disposition to love. Because we are your children and God is love. So we ask that we would be able to analyze this day, Lord, where we fall in this category, Lord, and that you would speak to us about what's on the inside because it's always evident on the outside, Lord. Continue to change us by the washing of your word, Lord, by the might of your spirit, Lord. We lay these things before you and look forward to what you're going to do in each one of us. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. You may be seated. This series, um, Inside Out, we're going to look at different aspects of what's going on on the inside and how that's displayed uh, outwardly and some things that we need to look at within ourselves. One of the things that we often do, and if you don't do it now, you will do it as you get older, is go for annual checkups. We go to the doctor, and as you get older, you will go to the doctor because different things start to happen in our body, and, and we need to find out what's going on. And um, when we go to the doctor, the doctor asks a series of questions often. Um, how have you been sleeping? Uh, have you been eating right? Uh, have you been exercising? And uh, are you experiencing any pain? Is there shortness of breath? And other than uh, the questions that the doctor asks, he also sends you for tests. He sends you for a series of tests. And regardless of what you say, the tests tell their own story. Because a lot of the ways we would answer those questions are subjective. Have you been eating right? Yeah, my food tastes good. Well, that's not the question. Have you been exercising? Yeah, I walk to the refrigerator. Well, that's not a regimen that's going to keep us healthy, right? But <laughs> that hit a chord with someone. So today, uh, we want to ask ourselves some questions, and we want to look at some test results um, when it comes to us and people. Because one of the things that we know is that, that people always put us to the test. One thing we know is people will try us. People will test us. They try our patience. They try our generosity. Uh, they try our kindness. And, and many of those things are tests. There, there's a YouTube song, um, and the song says, don't try me, try Jesus. What, what that song is saying is 
Jesus is loving and compassionate and kind, and you need him. But if you try me, meaning if you do something that disturbs me, you're going to find out that that was a bad choice. That's true for some of us, and at the same time, that's terrible. <laughs> we know that the Bible says, uh, just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. Not as others do to you, do to them, but as you would want them to do, that you would do the same for them. It says in verse 11, for this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. The beginning of what? We can only love one another when we come to the beginning of our relationship with Christ. And, and we think about what does it mean uh, to love one another? What, is, what does that look like? Why is that so hard? Um, because ultimately, our problem is not these horizontal relationships. Our problems go deeper than these horizontal relationships. What it is is these horizontal relationships make obvious what we got going on inside. The, the problem ultimately um, is our vertical relationship. All human problems are ultimately symptoms from our separation from God. They, that, they were symptoms because Adam and Eve, they were getting along just fine in the garden until this separation of God came about due to sin. Before that, they were fine. So when we look at any problem that we have with one another, it still stems from the relationship with God. It said that in Genesis 3, starting at verse 8, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden at the time of evening breeze, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They had already eaten of the fruit that they were not supposed to eat. So now when they hear God, they make a run for it. They try to hide, which we know we can't hide from God. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, where are you? Not as if God didn't know exactly where he was, um, first of all, in location and also in his heart. God was well aware. And he said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Then he asked, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man replied, the woman you gave me to be with, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Let's just pause right there for a minute because two things took place there. The woman you gave me, 
So basically, you gave her to me. So this is not on me. This is on you. That's number one. Number two, um, one of the things that we know is when we do something, it may come up again and again and again and again. There were times when I was going to make certain decisions with my wife, and I said, it's not worth it. One time, we were in Zambia, and we had a situation with an elephant. And my wife, we were tent camping, like canvas tents. So my wife, with this elephant situation, pretty much lost it. It was ready to abandon husband, children. It was an issue. As the situation evolved, she kept picking different spots that we were going to sleep that night because she was at that point, afraid, and, and by the end, she said, we're going to sleep um, inside the Land Rover with the windows up, herself, myself, and my two sons. That was right before Gloria came along. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to do that. And then I said, for the next 25, 30, 40, 50 years, she's going to say, you brought me to Africa, had a stupid idea to bring me on safari, and then don't put us inside of something that could keep us safe from animals, and then you, don't, and then you abandon me. Adam lived 930 years. How many times did his wife bring up the fact that Adam said, the woman you gave me? What Adam did was pretty messed up. We're laughing, but what she received, how that made her feel, what that did to her, had a long-lasting effect. So when we start thinking about our interaction with other people, it's because we're sinners and what we do and display our closeness or distance from God and what that means to other people and also our pains from what others have done to us. The things that have built doubt, the things that have built fear, the things that have built insecurities, like all of that is there. And it also does something and how we treat other people. Um, because those things are there, and because of that distance from God, 
it reveals itself and how we treat others. It says in Ephesians 4.32, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. It says that, but because of all of that other stuff, it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to do that. So going back to our text, it says, we should love one another. Unlike Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Our deeds reveal who we are. Actions and becoming are one. Like the things we do dictate who we are. It dictates our situations. What we do shows who we are much more than what we say. Right? We could say a lot of things. What we do show what's really going on. From Adam, there exists a stream of broken relationships. And you know who they affect the most? The ones we're the closest to. That's where those things are displayed. When I have a certain level of distance from you, I can be professional. I can keep my emotions in check. But as the level of investment changes, as the level of trust changes, as the expectations get higher, those emotional charges, um, our mental way of thinking of someone relationally and how they respond to us and what that should look like, those things all come into play. And we often are hurt by and hurt the ones we love the most. Cain kills his sibling. That, that was his brother. He had no concern for Abel and the fact that he was his brother whatsoever. He had no concern for how that would affect his own mother and father. And most of all, he had no concern for what that would do to his relationship with God. You know when he became concerned? When he had to face the consequence of his actions. It says in Genesis chapter 4, starting at verse 10, then he said, meaning God, what have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed, alienated from the ground that opens his mouth to receive your brother's blood. You have shed 
if you work, the ground will never again give you its yield. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. But Cain answered the Lord, my punishment is too great to bear. Wow. All of a sudden, he becomes concerned for human safety. His own human safety. Um, that's the, the idol of self. I'm not concerned about any of that stuff when it comes to me. Now, because of how I value me, this is a problem. That's why the way we treat other people tells us so much about ourselves and it tells us so much about our relationship with God. The text goes on to say, do not be surprised, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers and sisters. The one who does not love remains in death. The one who does not love remains in spiritual death. The world hates the child of God, just like Cain, because the child of God is the one who reminds the world what their true condition is. Abel didn't do anything to Cain, but because it revealed who Cain was, what was in his heart, because Abel was accepted, he turned around and killed his brother. And well before he killed his brother, he had that hatred in his heart. The world hates you because you are glory reflectors. God's children are the light of the world. God's children are the salt of the earth. So what happens is when you go out, it reminds them of their condition. They, they only have two choices. To see the truth, to repent and turn from their wicked ways, or to remove the thing that's reminding them of who they are, whether it's by killing you the way Cain did or by distancing you, by having no part with you, by hating you, by keeping you over there so they don't have to address themselves. The text goes on to say everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in them. Everyone who hates works against God and his work, God's children, because hate is that condition that's there well before the action of murder 
is played out. Jesus spoke about so many things that were motivations of our hearts and minds. And although it wasn't by action displayed, he addressed the heart about those things because that's where the real problem comes in. Just because you don't act out on something, yeah, the effects of it may not hurt the person in the same way. I'd rather you hate me than kill me. But at the same time, that condition in your heart is what God is going to address. So by God's standard, hatred is murder. And if you keep that, if that stays there, um, you don't have eternal life residing in you. The text says, this is how we have come to know and we've come to understand the depths and the essence of God's precious love. He willingly laid down his life for us. So we should lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It says, if, the, if anyone has this world's goods and see a fellow believer in need, but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? It's easy a lot of times for us to say um, that I love people and make a blanket statement about that and that be a philosophy. Um, that looks very different when it comes to personal situations and how you handle it. So it says here in the text, um, we should lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. That's a broad sweeping statement, but then it personalizes it. If, if you have and someone is in need, and you're not willing to give it to them, then obviously you're not displaying that brotherly love that we're talking about. There are four levels that people can live on. The first is murder. Cain was a murderer. That's the lowest level where Satan exists. Because it says that Satan was a murderer and a liar from the beginning. So Cain, being of the evil one, what that means is his attitudes, his actions originated from the devil. Hatred is the second level a person could live on. Um, and we see where it says that the world hates the believer. That is the world system hates God's people. And like I said, that is because God's people looking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, having the Holy Spirit dwelling within them reveals sin to the world. It shows their heart condition. The third level that we could live on is indifference. If we see someone in need and we don't help them, Basically, was saying, I don't care. And that is from the flesh. We care about us, but we don't care about others. The first two, a Christian can't even live at that level at all. Indifference, we've, we've shown that at times. But there's brother, brotherly love that can only come from the Spirit of God. It says, now this is his command, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, 
and love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commands remains in him and he in him. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he has given us. We can only love in this way when the Holy Spirit is present. It's impossible to love this way void of the Spirit. We, we can love those that love us in a certain kind of way when we're void of the Spirit. But the Gentiles do that. Those that don't have God can do that. I, I can lend to you if I know you're going to pay me back. I can treat you good if I know that a good is coming back my way and we have this working relationship. And so many operate that way. You keep up your end of the deal, I'll keep up my end of the deal. But true love is sacrificial. Um, the way Jesus showed his love for us. So it says, little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action. Let us not love merely in theory. Let's not talk about it, but let's be about it. We must diagnose our spiritual condition by asking ourselves these questions and by analyzing our test results. We go through these tests every single day. And we can use that for us to understand what's on the inside. So as those things come out, we have to start to think it through. We need to pray about that. Am I walking by the Spirit or am I walking in the flesh? Am, am I feeding on the things that I should feed on, on which is going to give me love, compassion for fellow believers, for a lost and dying world, and for the ones that's the closest to us? Worship team, you, you can come up. I remember um, some time ago, uh, I was speaking to Pastor Angelo, who has counseled me on many things in terms of pastoring. And uh, one of the things that I've always loved about him is he is a loving man. Even when he is not being loved on, he extends love. And I've watched that from the inside. So I was speaking to him about that one day, and I was like, you know, um, I really want to love people better. And he said, practice it first with your wife. He, he wasn't saying that I don't love my wife. My wife and I are very close. We love each other to death. But what he is saying is, when you can love the person that's the closest to you, the person that's there when you don't have your professional pastor's hat on, the person that's there when you're not in a good mood, the person that you can't just 
walk away from or say, I can um, continue to act this way because I'm going to be around this person for another 10 minutes, even though what they just said, I'm boiling over it, right? Someone that I'm going to be there for an hour, someone I'm going to spend the day with at work, but then I get to leave and I really don't care about them that much. We just have that working relationship. If I can love my wife, if I can love the closest person to me, then it's going to change the way that I treat people in general. Cain killed the closest person to him. That was his brother. Because of what was going on inside. As we go through this series and even diagnose this first part today, me and people, where are you? We know people act up and people be peopling. Well, we people too. <laughs> and we do the same thing. It's all going to be about our intimacy with the Lord. It's all going to be about um, our closeness um, to God. It says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or do you yourself not recognize that Jesus Christ is in you unless you fail the test? Jesus Christ being in us, us being able to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to love one another. Jesus Christ being the example and displaying it by coming into his creation, by living the life that he lived to show us the Father, and then dying on that cross to restore our relationship with the Father through his shed blood for those that would believe. That shows us how to love. Like we read, he laid down his life for us, laid down our lives for our brothers and sisters. That means within the family of God. But in your closest relationships, you can very much analyze where you are in that. And we all need help with that. None of us live that out perfectly. But our God is the God who restores. Our God is the God that repairs damaged relationships. We have to submit to his will. His will. If we can be restored to him, the, the one who was offended the most, then we certainly could be restored to each other. We certainly could have forgiveness and work through those hurts and pains and things that others have done to us that only not only interfere with the relationship that we have with the person that does it, but even the relationship that we have with other people. God is the restorer. He's restored our broken relationship with him. He can restore any broken relationship. As we, as we analyze those things, 
Would you stand with me so we can pray? And if you want to come to the altar and just spend a moment or two there, just reflecting on the pains we have, the pains we've caused, and how God can heal all of those things. He's healed our brokenness, those that belong to him. And he can work on every relationship, things that we've damaged, things that others have damaged. So let's just spend a couple of moments just praying and thinking through that. The altars are open if you want to approach. <laughs>